Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Can we just take one minute to, a few seconds actually, to celebrate ourselves? Can you turn to your neighbor and say, you are doing well? Just look at him and say, you are doing well. You are doing well. You are doing well. Yes, 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 yes. And I'll tell you the reason for, for that. So, uh, I'm using a Bible plan by Nicky Gumbo and Nicky and Pippa. And for the devotional part of that Bible study plan for the 1st of January, he told a little story. He said uh, that he uses a gym and usually on the 1st of January that they'll need to bring in new equipment. Because when you get to the gym on the 1st of January, you can barely find space. It's jam-packed. A lot of people are there on the 1st of January. But seven days later, by the 7th of January, every one of those new equipment brought in would have to be taken back because the gym is back to its normal size. Everyone that came as a result of New Year resolution on the 1st of January would have given up by 7th of January. And when I'm looking at the church today, last week, we had a good number. Today, you're also back here. So celebrate yourself one more time. Yes, you have not given up. You are back to the gym. And, and it's so, so exciting. Thank you for not making us do church all by ourselves. We appreciate your presence. I just want to thank uh, the leadership of the church for this opportunity to stand before God's people to bring God's word today. It's a privilege I do not take for granted in any way. Thank you so much. And I want to thank my amazing wife who always takes the pressure each time I have a preaching to do. Yes, when I'm going through my thought process and I'm like, what do you think about this? How about this? How about that? Even to my last minute changes and all, and we have different personalities. I'm a spontaneous person. She likes things ordered and that, like, ah, yeah. So thank you. The Bible says two is better than one, for they have good reward for their labor. When one is down, the other picks him up. And just in case you're here right now, you're thinking you don't have your two. Yes, you do have your two. You do have your two. I don't know what situation you're in right now. I don't know what phase of life you're in right now. And it feels like I'm all by myself. I'm all alone. No, Jesus said I would never. We've heard it again this morning when Rachel was giving us that word in due season. By the way, we are never left alone. We have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He said he will not leave us as orphans. He said he will be with us even till the end of the word. Without wasting too much time because I've wasted some already. I'll go into the subject for the day. Uh, last week, Don did an amazing job starting us off on the new series we are in, uh, which is the building blocks for life. And it talked uh, about, specifically about let's talk. I'm not going into all that. The, the preach is still there on YouTube and you, you, you can go back to it. I'm just going to lay on what has already been set in place. Today we are looking at building blocks. We are continuing that series and we are, specific, we are specifically specifically looking at let's grow. Let's grow. Let's grow. Mm. Uh, it's a family meeting, I hope you know. 
And in my culture, there's an adage. I won't bore you saying it in my culture, but I'll interpret it. It says, if families come together for family meeting, right? And every time they come together, everyone, you know, steps out of the place, always smiling and laughing and da 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 It might mean two things. Maybe there's too much food, like it's always Christmas for their family meetings. Or maybe they are not always telling themselves the truth. Ahead of time, I'm going to try as much as possible to speak God's truth with love. Please understand that uh, there might be critical conversations to have with one another given that we are one family. We've started that last week when Don was admonishing us about talking to God, talking to ourselves, and talking to the world around us. But we are building on that with let's grow. What we love, we nurture, and what we nurture, we love to see grow. As a parent, I have uh, a daughter who is like 10 children in one, and I remember the very first day in the hospital, they, she was given birth to, and I was presented with my daughter, and I held her in my hand. I've never felt that way before, and uh, Words can't express that moment. Instinctively, the desire to care and nurture her was just there. It, I wasn't taught, but nurturing proceeds from love. And what you nurture, somewhere down the line, you have an expectation for growth. Is that clear enough? Thank you. Please shout back at me, you know. Yes, thank you. God has expect. God bless you. Yes! <laughs> you've been in a Nigerian... Okay, Malawi, you've been in an African church before. Mm. God has expectations for growth. God, God's desire is for us to mature into the stature of Christ, who is the firstborn in this family, is the example that God wants us to mature into. God has an expectation for growth, but it doesn't start with the demands. It starts with equipping us with what is needed to grow. God doesn't place a demand where he hasn't resourced. God doesn't ask of us what he has not made available for us to be able to deliver on. Do we understand that? So God wants us to grow, but before that expectation, God has equipped us ahead of time to be able to do that task. If that's not the case, it won't be a just God, would he? No, he won't. So there is a promise for an inheritance, but it can't be delivered to babes. God has so many promises for us. God wants to do us good. God has, God has so much for us, more than our hearts can imagine that he wants to deliver to us, but it can't be delivered to babes. So, some, 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 somebody said that the things you are looking for are also looking for you, but they are not looking for this version of you. Does that, does that, does that, so there is a maturing, there is a growth that needs to take place and the things that God wants to commit into our hands will just come 
I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had. So, the will of the father, the estates of the father, does the child no good when the child is still a babe. But as maturity takes place and that child becomes uh, grown to be able to take certain responsibilities, the estate and the inheritance that the father has left for the child becomes accessible and profitable for the child. Does that, do we, do, do we get that? Yeah. So there's a promise for an inheritance. God has so much in stock for us, but it can't be delivered to babes. In fact, I'm reading for, from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14. Believed to be Paul speaking here. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. This was Paul talking about how that there is a time it is okay for a babe, for a newborn Eliza just came on stage not quite long. I'm not sure Eliza started trying out chicken. There is a stage that the expectation is just milk, milk, milk. But with the passage of time, there's an expectation for that child to be weaned of milk and be able to handle semi-solid food and solid food and if we are from the part of the world I come from we are not done swallow yes and by the way we are not done with our chicken when it's bare bones there's still something inside the bones that you but it takes maturity so there is a time for milk there is a time that we're supposed to mature beyond milk and be able to handle the meat of God's word and sometimes there are bones in God's word. But in the bones of God's word, there are treasures. Hallelujah. So in the kingdom, bless you. In the kingdom, it is come as you are. Everyone is welcome. There is neither Jew. There is no distinction. There is no prerequisite. Come as you are. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no class. No, no, no form. Yeah. If you have to, to join the children's department, you will have to fill a form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need a form. But to be saved... You don't, as a matter of fact, the, I, I, I'll avoid digression. The point is, come as you are in the kingdom, but don't stay as you are. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. God wants you just the way you are, where you are right now. But please, it's God's desire as a good father, having been born to his family, that growth starts.
starts setting in. This growth, God has already made provision for. He has equipped you for it. Jesus Christ is God's gift to the world. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to his children. At salvation, God equips us by his spirit that helps us on this journey to attain to maturity that God expects for each one of his children to attain to. The scripture says in Romans, uh, John 6, 37, all the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will no means cast out. For the scripture says, I will, I will just keep that. I will keep that. So we have been resourced for growth by the Holy Spirit. We have been resourced for growth by the Holy Spirit. This is a church that, that reverences and honors the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which God has freely given each of us as a believer. And the Holy Spirit is all you need as a helper to guide us into all that God wants us to step into. I'm reading from John chapter 14 from 26 from... Hmm. Okay, John chapter 14 from verse 26 to 14. How interesting can that be? Yeah, but whatever. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, it will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God has equipped us. He has resourced us for the growth he desires of us by his Holy Spirit. But guess what? We have a responsibility for action. To whom much is given, much is expected. God has equipped us as, 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 as a good father that he is. But for us to make the most out of this journey with God, we have responsibility. Any walk with God that devoids you of a part to play won't do you so much good. Because God has created each one of us as agents of free will so at one point or the other even though the sovereign will of god is there you know overseeing all things we have a part to play we all have a part to play i'm reading from revelation chapter 5 verse 9 to 10 the scripture says and the sang a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to god by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us what kings and priests to our god and we shall reign on earth we come into the kingdom as god's children but it's god's desire that we mature to being kings and priests we are not a nation of children we are not a nation of babes we are meant to be a nation of kings and priests to our God. Because that's how we take dominion. That's how we take territories for Christ. That's how we come to the fullness of all that God has freely given to us through Christ. And there are certain things, God, in Deuteronomy, I won't bore us with too much story around that, but I'm going to read 
Deuteronomy 17, 18 to 19. God gave specific instructions to the nation of Israel when it has to do with uh, putting, installing kings. And there were like three instructions. One was for the king not to, to amass horses for himself, not to go to Egypt to get horses, which basically means that the king and the nation should depend on God, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? That's the mind of God. God doesn't want the king to rely on his military strength. So God said, don't amass horses for yourself. I'm tempted to be digressing here and there, but my time is fast taking. Yep. So, um, yeah. So one is not to amass horses. Another one is not to amass, guess what? Wives. Yes, yes. I came from a polygamist family, so I can tell you a little thing or two about not amassing wives. The third one is this instruction I'm about to read now. It says, and when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself. That's an instruction for God to kings that will be eventually installed in the nation of Israel. God knowing fully well before time that at a point these guys are going to go, we need a king over ourselves just like the other nations. So God made provision for that ahead of time. He said and when he sits on the throne of his kingdom he shall write for himself. That the, the king will write for himself in a book, a copy of this law approved by the Levitical priests, and it shall be with him and he shall read in it all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and this statutes and doing them meaning that as kings as priests we have a responsibility to labor in God's word we have a responsibility to be acquainted with the customs of the kingdom that we stand to represent. I'm reading Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. We are kings and priests. We are ambassadors. Any ambassador of a nation or a kingdom has the responsibility to be equipped with adequate knowledge about that kingdom in order to effectively represent the kingdom or the nation that he's appointed to represent. Does that sound true? Maybe not politicians, but for us. Yeah, so growth is God's desire for us. God, God, uh, there, is a, there is a seat at the table for everyone. I don't have the time to go into scriptural references, but there is a story about Mephibosheth in, 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 in the Bible. I think it's in, in, it's in Samuel. Mephibosheth is one of, 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 of Jonathan's uh, sons who was lame in his feet. And when David ascended the throne, David said to his servants, is there no 
one left from the house of Saul that I can show the kindness of God to? And they answered him, oh, they, we, we can't really, f- there is none we can remember right now, but there is one, but he's lame in his feet. David said, bring him. And they brought him. And David said, from today, this guy sits and eats at my table. Everyone is welcome. God wants you to come just the way you are. But there is a desire, there is an expectation for growth. However, this is not a laborious task or a task that God has not equipped us from. God does not want us to jump from zero to 100. These are little things here and there that when we do, at the end of the day, growth is setting in. By the way, when I'm eating my chicken, when I'm eating my... I like cereal, even though I'm grown up. When I'm eating my cereal, when I'm doing all that, I might not know, but growth is happening. This nutrients is being released into my body. These little things here and there, big doors turn on small hinges. This desire, this expectation for growth isn't something unachievable. There are little things here and there that if we put them into use, unknowingly you just you are growing but you don't know it but the scripture says if your strength should fail in the day of adversity your strength is small that growth is possible big doors turn on small angels so i just dive straight into joining in the word the word is one of the basic If not the primary way of growth in God's kingdom, the word is what makes us grow. I'm going to read from Acts 6 verse 3 to 4. And the context of this is the church, the early church was growing. And we had, they had a a two, uh, they had the Hebrew speaking Jews and the Greek speaking Jews. The Greek speaking Jews felt that they were being, um, uh, alienated, they were not, they were shortchanged when it comes to distributing provisions, and the problem arose. The apostles stepped up and said, You know what? For this issue, we'll set up, look for people among you, people who are filled with the Spirit of God and wisdom. We will commit this responsibility to their hands. But for us, we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry. Of the word. This is what it takes to be an effective, not just you might say, well, I'm not an apostle, I'm not trying to be a priest, I'm not trying to, don't forget, we are made a nation of kings and priests, each one of us, not trust me. This is not, well, I love the Lord, but I've not tried to labor my way into. We all have the responsibility to be diligent with our priesthood as kings and priests. And diligence in our priesthood makes our kingship effective. Whether yours is going to be here or yours is going to be in your workplace, with your family, with the people you are caring for, in whatever walk of life that you find yourself. Read the word, study the word, and do the word. 
In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It starts with the milk. When you come into God's kingdom as a child and you are welcome into God's family, you start feeding yourself with the word. That's the milk. You grow, but it gets to a point when the, your milk teeth start dropping off. Those milk that you were being fed as a baby no longer nourish you. You wean yourself off milk. You step into God, the meat of God's word. This book of the law, Joshua chapter 1 verse, verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Luke 18, 21, Jesus was in a place, he was teaching his disciples, a crowd was around him, and they came to him saying, ah, your mother and your brothers are looking for you. This was Jesus' response. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are these. Are these who hear the word of the Lord and do it? Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's not Jesus saying, I don't care about my family, but Jesus says, anyone who is a hearer and the doer of God's word is my mother and is my brother, is my sister, is my father. So how, I think that's a self, no need to belabor that point. Do I? I don't need to. Second Timothy verse 2.15 says, Study to show yourself approved unto God. Take note that approval is unto God. We are not studying the word. We are not joining in the word to show ourselves approve one to another or to or to uh to compare ourselves to one another our journey for growth is a journey between ourselves as individuals and god it says study to show yourself approved unto god a workman that need not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth acts chapter 20 verse 32 now i commit you to god and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. It is the word that builds. It is the word that shows us the inheritance that we have in God. And as a matter of fact, if you are not well acquainted with God's word, you might not have an effective prayer life. If you have a prayer life and you are not well acquainted unto God, you might not have good results in your prayer life. Because this is the confidence we have, that when we pray according to his will, he hears us. And when he hears us, we know that he will give us the answers to our petition. So the prayers has to be in accordance with his will first, and his will comes when we acquaint ourselves with his word, with his ways. So we then pray effectively, and that's why the scripture says for the effect, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. The word is our compass. The word is our tour guide. Life is a journey. Life right now looks like a troubled sea. But God's word is a sure compass. Everything is sinking. There is no foundation to stand on. There is no true north. Except for God's word. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled 
in heaven. That one, what research is cyclical in nature. Meaning, what is a fact today can cease to be a fact tomorrow as far as science is concerned. Because if someone else picks that up and there was a time, scientists thought the heart was, fl was flat. Am I correct? But that fact had to change because another fact came up that trumps that one. But God's word is settled forever till eternity. His word and my time I just bibbed. His word is our sure compass. It's not just our sure compass. His word is our map for life. His word is our tour guide. And you know something about tour guides? Unlike compass, you can use a compass to know your direction to go to a particular place. But tour guides know how to get to the, those places. They can take you there. And when they take you there, they even have information about that place. They sit down and they, they start telling you stories that you might not even hear elsewhere. And that's what God's word by the Holy Spirit does to us. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man stay pure? By obeying your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. For direction for now, for instruction for the days ahead. God's word is the lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. All scripture is God breathed. And is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training, in righteousness. The scripture says, For no scripture is of private interpretation, but holy men of God moved as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. God's word is God-breathed. Hmm. Do you know why growth is important? Thank you. <laughs> You're the best student in the class today. I'm I'll give you a sticker. <laughs> growth is important because we need your growth. We need your growth. The body needs you. The body needs your maturity. The body needs you. The truth is, you are the first beneficiary of your growth. First, the scripture says the husband man that labors is the first partaker of the fruit. The scripture says, he who tends the fig tree will eat of its fruit. He who waits on his master will be honored. But having been the first beneficiary of the reward of your maturity, the body benefits as well. The body, this family of God, when you mature into the fullness of all that God has deposited in you, when I mature into the fullness of all that God has called me to be, the church, your growth is the growth of the church. Your growth is the growth of the church. And can we just read this together? Psalm 1, chapter Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Can we just echo this together? 3, 2, 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruits in the season. 
whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. It's a good time to land this ship finally. I'm done. Thank you.